Would you like predictable monthly income with annual returns up to 15% or more? Norada Capital Management offers you the opportunity to invest in promissory notes with fixed rates of return and monthly direct deposits. We provide investors with an effortless way to diversify beyond other investment options like stocks and bonds and even real estate. Our promissory notes have a high rate of return and are 100% passive. Interest is paid monthly, directly into your account, delivering truly effortless income. Many other passive investments offer rates of return in the 4-6% to range. Our promissory notes have delivered fixed rates of return in the double digits since conception. All notes are in good standing and Norada has a no-default history and reputation. And retirement accounts such as self-directed IRAs and Roth IRAs also qualify for this investment. So if you're looking for an effortless investment with predictable monthly income and double-digit returns, then visit our website at noradacapital.com. Learn more at noradacapital.com today. Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli, and this is the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And today's show is a very important show about property management. As you know, my eighth rule of successful real estate investing is to use professional property management. You never should manage your properties on your own. There's a few exceptions to that, but generally speaking, it's not a good idea. Property management is a thankless job and it requires a solid understanding of tenant landlord laws, a solid understanding of marketing skills, strong people skills. These are all things that allow you to deal with your tenants and your tenant complaints and excuses when they come up. You see, your time is your most valuable resource. It is precious and you should spend your time with your family on your career and looking for more investment property. So property management is not the thing you should be doing. So what do you look for in a property manager? Well, there's different reasons to have property management. For example, your property manager, or at least a professional property manager, will know how to market your property to keep it rented. Vacant rental properties are a drain on you and a drain on your cash flow, and it doesn't make a productive asset. An experienced property management company will know how to aggressively market that property and keep it leased. Second, you get better tenant screening. An experienced property management company is more likely to have an effective system for screening and qualifying tenants that will ensure that your property has quality tenants that will meet their financial obligations. And that means that they'll take better care of your property too. Thirdly, having a professional property management company will protect your investment. An experienced property management company will take better care of your property. Now, what I mean by that? Well, a property management company that has been in business for a number of years, they'll have seen and heard everything. I mean, they would have come across virtually every possible problem and scenario and be able to confidently handle those problems as they arise quickly and efficiently. And last but not least, having professional property management makes owning your rental properties a more simple and convenient investment. You see, a company with years of experience in property management, they have systems in place and they'll be able to have a streamlined process set up so owning rental properties becomes a simple, passive, not disconnected, but a passive investment for you. And that gives you the time to do other things while you still enjoy the financial benefits of owning that investment property. 
So on today's show, we have a very special guest, someone I've known for a great number of years. He is a very successful serial entrepreneur, a very smart guy when it comes to property management. And I have to say that he's probably raised the bar higher than any company that I know in the property management space. So without further ado, we'll get to that interview in 30 seconds. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the U.S. Our simple, proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Get your free copy of the ultimate guide to passive real estate investing at noradarealestate.com slash guide. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com slash guide. I want to welcome Brenton Hayden to the show. Brenton is the founder and chairman emeritus of Renters Warehouse USA, a six-time honoree of the Inc. 500 5000 list. The company currently has 27 franchises in 15 states and is seeing gross revenues of $13 million or more. And they have a portfolio of managed properties valued at $750 million. Brenton attended Harvard Business School and MIT's Sloan School of Management and was named the youngest franchisor in America by Inc. Magazine in 2011 at the young age of 25. Most recently, Brenton was named the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year in the Midwest. Brenton's expert marketing skills and entrepreneurial spirit have largely contributed to the success of his company, earning Renters Warehouse numerous awards in real estate and business. And recently, in September 2015, Brenton sold his majority stake in the company to a Minnesota-based company known as Northern Pacific Group. Brenton, welcome to the show. Wow, that's a great uh, introduction. I gotta, I gotta make sure I send you a little tip after this. <laughs> Done. Thank you for that. It's great to be on your show, Marco. Thanks for having me here. Well, I, I, I really like having you on the show. And, and as I mentioned to you briefly before we got recording here, I kind of held out on doing an episode on property management because number one, I wanted someone who was not locally bound. In other words, they weren't married to one specific market. They had a broader understanding of real estate markets and state laws around the country. And number two, I've known of you for many, many years, and you're a real go-getter. And I know that you really dig into the legal aspects and the operations of everything. So it was my belief that I could bring you on the show to really explain property management to our listeners. And so here you are, and I'm going to ask you a bunch of grilling questions. I'm not going to let you down. And you came to the right guy. I got just what you need. All right, great. (laughs) Well, my working title for this episode is Property Management Secrets with Brenton Hayden. So going to sound of that. Yeah. So let's play off of that. Very good. Now you're moving. So let's begin by uh, asking the question, where are you located? Just to give people a sense of geography. I just put down some roots in South Florida, uh, Sunny Isles Beach, to be exact. It's just north of Miami Beach, about 10 miles. Nice. Um, It's on the ocean. It's it's right adjacent to Aventura. Many people know it. It's great. I spent a year in downtown Miami in the Brickell neighborhood. Very nice neighborhood. And been house hunting a year. I I had actually house hunted all the way out to San Antonio, Austin, uh, Naples, Florida, uh, up and down the coast of Florida, looking all over for a year. Because I knew I wanted to live in South Florida. And, and and so I thought maybe elsewhere. But when I found this house in Sunny Isles Beach, I knew it was for me. It's adjacent to the mall, the the casino, the ocean. Uh, and then if I want to, uh, you know, go to a nice place to dinner, I can go to South Beach real easy. Nice. Well, you know, I, I, I have to ask this question with kind of a wink. You know, you're a young guy. I think you're what, 29, 29, 30? 
I'm 30. You're 30. Okay. You probably just turned 30 and you know, you're semi-retired. I mean, you could be retired, but I know you would just be bored completely. Are you doing anything right now other than uh, moving? I mean, you still have involvement with Renters Warehouse. Yeah. So I'm still the chairman at, you know, Renters Warehouse. That means I'm a a voting board member and I participate in high level decisions there. Uh, That's not a big time consumer. Uh, We have a great managing team there. I have a number of uh, investments elsewhere. Starting at my largest is Leafline Labs in Minnesota, which is a medical cannabis government endorsed a grower and retailer of for the medical cannabis industry there. Onside Sports, I'm an investor in a, in a really wonderful fantasy sports betting application called Onside Sports. Uh, what else am I doing? Uh, there's another uh, human resources software company out there called 15.5 that really it's something I use every day in my business. It's a, a great way to pulse what's going well and bad in your business amongst all your team members and, and really kind of uh, roll that all up so you can read it. Um, so to name a few, that I keep busy, but I like I was talking to you offline, it's about passive investing. Um, I'm not active in the operations of really any of those companies anymore or, or at all or ever was. Uh, many of these are just passive investments that uh, I try to offer what value I have is usually knowledge, experience, expertise, uh, uh, an open ear to talk to. Uh, and as well as money in some cases as well. Right. That's great. So this topic about property management is very, very important. We talk to our clients all the time about the importance of having a great property management team in the markets that you have investment properties in. I like to think of property management as a thankless job because it really is. I don't refer to property managers specifically as property managers. I often refer to them as asset managers because essentially at the end of the day, that's what they're doing. They're managing your assets. And to take that even a step further, you know, our team here, and I say half jokingly that you live and die by your property manager, which I only say to stress the importance of having a good property management team. So why don't you start off by describing what you see a property manager as being? In other words, how would you define or describe a property manager? Well, I I know exactly what that is, Marco. I trademarked it. Uh, Renters Warehouse owns the trademark as the professional landlords. That's what we are. We are professional landlords for hire. That's it. And when we designed what it is that we would be selling to people, what was our product, what was our service... We listened to them to what they wanted, and we created a a no fees up front, cancel any time, you know, warranty your tenant, guarantee your rent, protect you against property damage, charge no marketing costs up front, do all the showings, all the background checks, and only if and when we find somebody that's a great tenant for you and you approve, that's when we move them in. And then from there, two dollars fifty four cents a day or eighty bucks a month flat fee, no matter what the rent is, to manage your property. This is what people wanted, but they wanted a high amount of service. For, for a low flat fee. And through technology, uh, invent, in, you know, proprietary technology we invented in those that we partnered with, we were able to create a proven process that uh, really revolutionized the way property management was done. So to summarize, you need a brilliant technology setup in order to do it efficiently and, and to maximize opportunity. You have to be knowledgeable in the business and Renters Warehouse is the largest landlord in the country as a, for, for a fee. Uh, so we have the knowledge and the expertise. We have in-house counsel. We're owned by uh, a wonderful private equity group out of Minnesota that knows real estate in a big way. We have uh, the services that you need. So more importantly, that is what has made Renters Warehouse just a, a player right now in the property management game because we redefined the real estate business. And we call it another trademark we own, rent estate. We believe it's not real estate. Real estate's different. Real estate's buying it to live in, buying it to flip, buying it to develop. That's real estate. 
Rent a state is buying it to hold, and that's what we believe we have created is we've created an easy, fast, and worry-free way to, for everybody in America to access rent a state by creating a, a really renowned professional landlord service. We say that you should never work with part-time real estate property managers or real estate agents. I mean, this is just my personal feeling because I've, I've been burned in years past working with real estate agents that, you know, doubled as property managers or they didn't have a team to work with. In fact, on a small apartment building that I owned, I had a property manager who was a real estate agent collect rents that were virtually all cash or, you know, money grab checks. And it was either six or $9,000, but she had collected virtually all cash. And one month the rents never showed up. And I'm wondering, well, where, you know, where are the rents? And I talked to her and, you know, she said she sent them, but there was no evidence or proof that it was actually sent to, you know, our office. And, you know, that money never, ever did show up. And I'm convinced to this day that she literally stole, you know, those funds from us. This is because uh, a professional landlord would have had a bond for you. And if we lose your money and, it, you know, it's our responsibility to get you your money. And if a professional landlord loses it as a licensed agency with a bond, we can file a claim and say, listen, we lost Mr. Santarelli's, you know, $9,000, our bad. You know, we file insurance claim. This is the importance of using professionals. Then I, I say it even in the plumbing business. You know, it's really cheap to call the plumber off Craigslist to do the, the little job. But it, it, you could probably get a little more peace of mind by calling, you know, uh, Mr. Plumber or whatever the big, the big company is that's done this a million times over and has some insurances and, and training in place. So, you know, you got what you paid for in a sense, Marco. Yep. Well, that was a long time ago. And, you know, you learn through these experiences. And, you know, like I've said, I've, I've made $100,000 plus mistakes in, in many years past. <laughs> you, you, I've made million dollar mistakes in uh, recent months. So uh, I know the feeling, but you, you got to take risks. You got to, you got to learn these things on your own. You know, Renner's Warehouse wasn't built in a night. We were a very different company today than we were when we started. And I'm sure you're a very different investor than when you started. It, it's called wisdom. And that's why we're here talking and sharing our wisdom here on this podcast. Exactly. So your comment is actually a perfect segue to the question that I was leading up to. And my question is this, you know, what are the most important things to look for when you're finding a property manager? Now, I ask that in the broad sense because I know that you understand that question, but you're not in every state. So for our listeners benefit, you know, if they're in a state where there isn't a renter's warehouse, for example, mm -hmm. what are the things that they should be looking for to identify a good professional property manager? Right off the top. Uh, I'll tell you to use a really good partner friend of mine, a company called allpropertymanagement.com. They will help you find vetted out, licensed and insured professional property managers all across the country. Now, they can't say that everyone's going to be great, but they can say most of them will be good or better. And uh, I've used them. Renter's Warehouse is on that site. Uh, we've used them for years, and it's a good way, easy way to accomplish the job. Now, if you are attention to detail like me and you want to check all the boxes yourself and really do your own research – well, then I think you should start with licensed in most cases. I think mm -hmm. it's better to work with a licensed personnel than an unlicensed. And in not all markets does a, is a license required, so keep that in mind. I think a, a, a personnel property visit is in an order. You all, go visit their property. Go visit their office, I mean. Show up, ask them for a meeting at their location instead of at your kitchen. Make sure they're a legitimate business. You know, do the one-on-one -on -one check. So I'll spare your listeners some of that stuff. But a lot of people skip that basic stuff, the one-on-one. -on -one. Let's go make sure that they even have an office. Right. And a receptionist, because you might be thinking you're paying for this great service and you show up at their office and they pitched a tent. You know, you don't know. So, you know, do the due diligence that that small stuff. But if you're looking for a more sophisticated approach, I think you want to really analyze their accounting systems. 
I think you want to analyze their value proposition. What are they doing for you? And, and what's the accountability process if they don't? I always like to uh, tell people that the table should be shifted in your favor, meaning if your property manager is not doing the job, you should be able to fire them. And believe it or not, that's a hard, tall order to get in the property management industry. At Renters Warehouse, you can fire us any day, any time, no fees. But some companies have exclusive contracts, non-cancelable, or have termination fees. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say that that's not a bad policy, but it's not for the you know for a first year. If you're trying out a property manager for the first year, you should get a little more accountability from them, a test drive. And don't be afraid to admit you made a mistake when you hired the wrong property manager. Admit it quickly, fail quickly, and move on. You're going to encounter that. I'm telling you now, if you work with a renter's warehouse franchisee, we have corporate accountability. As a franchisor, we regulate our offices at an independent level. So that's why it's nice to work with bigger companies, right? Like the the Mr. Plumbers instead of Joe off Craigslist. Mm -hmm. I like to support small business. But you're doing so by even supporting a large business that has local entrepreneurs and franchisees in their markets. So, you know, check out their professionalism. You know, look online for reviews to Yelp, the Better Business Bureau. All these places can give you a snapshot of their, you know, their reputation. Take all that in and uh, go with your gut, I always say. Your business gets to a certain size and the cracks start to emerge. Things you used to do in a day are taking a week. You have too many manual processes. You don't have one source of truth. If this is you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and 1. 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all your KPIs. That's your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts and improve margins. Everything you need to grow all in one place. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash real estate. That's netsuite.com slash real estate to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash real estate. So here's a twist on that question. If you had to boil it down, what actually separates a good and a bad property manager? Uh, Technology. So you're you're referring to like software applications like uh, Propertyware or whatnot. People cannot manage properties as effectively as renters warehouse can simply because we've created the technology that the market needs and we haven't given it out to the competition. Uh, it's because we still we're not done doing what we need to do in the property management business uh, by taking over and you know replacing it with a professional landlord business. And when we will, we'll share uh, what it is that got us there. But in order to do property management at a very high level. You, you need to deploy custom technology for the job. And we go after single family home and small multifamily properties to be the best professional landlord service we can be. But what that does make us not be able to do is we can't handle commercial property. We're not going to help you with your industrial spot or your office spot because that needs a different set of software. And candidly, we have the most uh, high tech software in the entire property management business. We invented or bought it ourselves. And uh, we're keeping it for ourselves. We're making it better. It's what makes us better. It's what's led to us being a six-time uh, fastest-growing company in America. It's because we have what they need, and others can't uh, duplicate it. It's, it's a big barrier to entry. But you know, let's—I don't want to be arrogant here. Uh, another thing that separates a good property manager is the real experience at the top. 
the, the company is always reflective of its leadership. And um, if you're, you know, it's one thing to give a guy one property, but if you're giving him 15, I think it deserves a meeting with the guy at the top mm-hmm. and understand his leadership style and who's running that property management company and what are his values when it comes to property management. So um, I found that a lot of people found great value in meeting me when uh, they would think about bringing over 15, 20 or 30 properties to us. And I thought that was smart and I always honored that. But, you know, I'm glossing over the bullet points, right? I feel like your your crowd is very sophisticated, intelligent, real estate investor crowd, but not to skip over the basic stuff, licensed, insured, bonded. You want to have their fees disclosed. You want to review their contracts. You know, these are the basic one-on-ones. You want to check out their office and uh, look up their reputation. So uh, all of those things are like the back of a football card, right? It tells you the stats and what makes a great property manager versus a good property manager. Well, you'll find that in the stats and in the details. Uh, I don't think it's any one thing other than, I believe, technology that will forever give one opponent a, a competitive edge over the other, as, as we have, I believe, in the property management space. Yeah, I agree about the technology. It's very important. We use a lot of different systems within our own business here to keep track of everything, not just the accounting, but actually leads that come in and the leads that we work with and how we're servicing them and what's the next task item. But just to be clear from your end, when you're talking about these systems, the technology, are these all internal within the office or are these out facing to the client where they're logging into an online cloud application where, you know, they follow what's going on with their properties that you manage? We find that our clients don't want to know, right? Our clients are the everyday homeowner. They want you to do the job and have transparency to them. So our technology for the customer is is in transparency, okay. right? We sh- we tr- we're very transparent about their accounting. We get a lot of approvals from them before spending their money. That's what they care about. Um, not so much the technology and the fancy interface and all the fun things they can do with our system. Now, we have that. We, we just haven't deployed that. What the technology we're talking about is, you know, for example, for one thing, our rent feeder technology. We have the ability when we take a listing uh, through a proprietary piece of software to list it on every major rental website in the country overnight, just like that. And now we get tens of thousands of hits, clicks on every property. We rent a, a property in a matter of, you know, 5, 10, 15 days on average by the thousands a month because we have a lot of eyes. Uh, therefore, we get a better tenant. Uh, we rent it quicker and for more money. That's a piece of technology working to maximize your dollar. Now, let's go back 15 years ago. You were able to put it in a little printed book that real estate agents read around town. It was the MLS book, right? Yeah, I remember that. Okay, so you think then if RentFeeder existed, if some company had RentFeeder and everybody else was using the book, wouldn't you think I would eat their lunch? Well, that's how. That's the only way I can put that technology is doing for Renters Warehouse is they're using the book, and here we are with a sophisticated tool, and that's just one of the dozens of tools that we've invented or bought or partnered with to make Renters Warehouse this incredible proven professional landlord optimization tool. And I want to go backwards and say that we're human enabled technology, right? We have hundreds of employees uh, and hundreds more around the country as franchisees employees. Uh, You have to have the human interaction with the software in order to make it great. It can't just be automated because you're limited. So we're human enabled, tech enabled, kind of a property management software company that happens to be a really great professional landlord service. So these technologies and a lot of companies will compile statistics like vacancy rates, the average tenancy length. I mean, there's all there's a whole whack of statistics that people keep track of. Now, some property management companies do and they talk about it or they brag about it and they advertise it and some don't. Realistically, how important are these statistics? 
to you on the big scale, it doesn't matter, right? You, you want a 0% vacancy rate. You don't care if it's 5% nationwide. So I can't remember the last time any of my customers asked me what our vacancy rate is. If they did, I, I bring it up, but I stopped bringing it up because not many people cared. It's usually between 5 and 7% on, on the 10, 12,000 properties we have across the country. That's our renter's warehouse kind of going rate. And we're not happy with that number, but I'll tell you what, most people would be. Um, if you had 10,000, you know, 11,000 units, yeah, we're going into the winter. So we have a higher vacancy rate now going into the summer. Good luck. It's two, three, 1% in the peak. So yeah, those things matter. They really matter more to me, uh, and my executives and my leasing manager, because that's what we're using to kind of snap the whip on our leasing team and say, we got to do better, right? We're, we're coaching our leasing team to say, we need to rent properties faster for more money. And, and we're using those trends, those data sets to do that. We're, we're heavily involved uh, in the use of data in our business, we have a hundred plus, hundred plus line spreadsheet with core metrics in the business that are all real estate related data. That's it's confidential. I'd share some with you, but, um, that all my executive staff uses to, it's like keeping your finger on the pulse and getting the fingerprint of what's going on in your business. Uh, by having all these data sets, we know exactly what's going on in the marketplace. We know exactly going on at our brokerage and where we're, where we're succeeding, where we're failing, where we're, you know, just falling short. All right. So these are just internal metrics that allow a property management company to better measure and manage how successful they are and and how good or bad they're doing. It's not necessarily a sign of a good or bad property manager if they're sharing that with you. Uh, Well, you know, we will. We share it with our clients, uh, certainly. But as a company, we don't share our nationwide stats because that's just more for, uh, you know, our own tool. It's, it's like turning the, you know, the tuner. We're optimizing the business. If we do this, did, what did we gain? Uh, because we think we're pretty fine tuned now. And so now we're trying to find, uh, we have a mantra the whole year of 2015 is if we could do everything we do 1% better. Look how great we would be. And because that, our metrics helped us quantify what 1% in every category would look like. And so that was our try this year is how can we just fine tune the heck out of this to get another 1% of reduction in market time, 1% reduction in, or 1% increase in global rents, right? So we're trying to do whatever we can to really motivate whatever it is we want to do in the business world, which is we want to increase rents. We want to increase the quality of tenant. We want to increase the rate of return real estate investors get. We want to make it easier for us to do the job so we can pass along more savings. You know, by utilizing so much technology at Renters Warehouse, we can keep our management fee at a flat fee of 79 bucks a month instead of charging you a percentage because we know what the job takes because we've automized or automated many of the busy, much of the busy work. So it makes us more efficient. We can now manage more properties and uh, we can pass along more money to the customers. So it, it really is, it, it all ties in to everything you do and and going back to even if you just had one property yourself, you know, looking back at my properties for 2015, my, one of my apartment buildings was a dog. I must've had a vacant unit every month and that annoys me going, if I didn't have that data, I wouldn't have known that that was going on. So it's really important to use data in your business, whether at the smallest level or the highest level, I always encourage that you start with three to seven core metrics on any business venture you do from the beginning, because that's the only way you know if you're making progress or achieving traction in your business is is you start checking the oil and looking at the numbers. Yeah. And what you just said is actually a really, really good point because it doesn't just apply to your business or a property management company or, or our business. It, It actually applies to the average mom and pop real estate investor. You know, if they're starting to buy investment property, one, two, five, 10, 20, 
they need to be able to measure the cash flow coming in, the expenses going out. What is their overall rate of return at the end of the year? You know, these are just metrics that they need to keep their eye on because it is a business and they need to manage their business just like you manage yours and we manage ours. By looking at the numbers, you do two things. One, you set a goal, right? What is it, the point of it? The, the number, right? What's the goal of the number? So you set a goal. And two, you just document it. You look at it. So it does two things. It's not complicated. Get a spreadsheet out, a notebook paper and say, what is that? What do I need this number to be? There's your goal. And every week, every month or whatever your reporting period is, go check the numbers, go check your oil in your car, write down the number. And in one second, you can say, I was under my goal. I need to work harder at that. Yeah. Right. And if you look at it for six months in a row and you keep saying the same thing, well, then, you know, you're the problem or, or the goal is the problem. And you need to start making change that way. But the, it's like being a good mechanic in your business. You gotta, you gotta diagnose what the heck's going on. At first, you gotta check and you gotta check the oil. Yep. Well, you can't manage what you don't measure. I mean, that's right. the bottom line. Yeah, it's weirdly well said. Okay, so let's let's shift focus to lease agreements. I I know you've done something rather unique in the industry in that you've actually created your own lease agreements. And I know this might change from state to state. I know Florida has some awkward laws mm-hmm. when it comes to lease agreements. I mean, it's very draconian in a sense. But tell us about two things, actually. Why did you create your own lease agreements? And then drill down into a little bit more of the specifics and tell our listeners what must absolutely be in those lease agreements. The deal is in the details. In order to be a great landlord, you got to focus on the details. And where does that all start? Starts in your agreement between mutual parties. And so we decided to say, uh, we didn't want the agreement to be one sided one way or another. We just wanted it to be very straightforward that this is the arrangement. And we spelled everything out. It wasn't one of these one page deals that says you pay this much rent on this day and thank you. That's, it was, it was saying, here's the six ways you can pay rent. Any other way is not allowed. Here is what, you know, here's how we handle a security deposit. Here's how we handle move-ins and moves out. We disclosed everything, initial this, signed that. And it provides a learning educational experience at move-in date of understanding what the expectations are here and the agreement that you're, you're agreeing to. Because I think that was a wildly overlooked part of property management. People would just move people in, give them keys real quick, and give them keys to a $250,000 property that they could do tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars of damage just by simply not understanding the rules or being ignorant. So having that sit down at the kitchen table and saying, this robust 17-page lease is important. Listen up because you're going to be initialing a lot, and I'm going to be telling you you know, what you can expect from us and what, you, what we expect from you, and we're going to reference that anytime we have an issue. So, you know, the lease is big. You mentioned Florida. So we use our custom lease in Florida. But as you know, the only way you can do that is when a lawyer is involved on a per transaction basis. So we actually have two services. We have the regular lease that's uh, issued by the Realtors Association or the Florida, whatever it is. That comes free with every tenant placement. But for a fee, and it changes by office, um, you can get what's called the Renters Warehouse Pro Lease, where we'll bring in our attorney and our crafted lease that meets Florida law. It's 17 pages instead of like the Florida three. And it's much better, but we're going to charge you $300 because the state of Florida requires us to hire counsel for you to finish it up. Right. So, and, and by the way, I'm telling you half of my customers are choosing that pro lease in Florida. Well, sure. I would too. They're investing in it because they know that that contracts everything, right. And they can use it multiple times over. And hopefully we try to, you know, lock in tenants for a long, long period of time, especially when we do a pro lease. So if an investor is not using renter's warehouse, let's just say they're working with a local property management company and, and that's just who they chose to use or, or they were, were referred or whatever the case is, what, what would you say is the top three or top five things that they should 
absolutely make sure is in that lease agreement for their benefit? I think there, there's some fun ones I like to take. You know, obviously I'll keep, I'll keep the basics out of it. Pro rata rent uh, disclosure. Some states have a rule that if you accept uh, a you know a portion of the rent, you're kind of in fact then agreeing to a payment plan that you may or may not actually want to agree to. So having a prorated rent clause in there that says you know by no means by accepting partial payment is uh, you know in lieu of an unwritten you know payment plan. So. You know, a lot of people get evictions thrown out because they paid three hundred bucks or their nine hundred bucks rent. And the guy goes to victim, and the judge tells him, "Well, you accepted three hundred, so you got to get more time. Get out of here." Right. So, but if you have that clause, you can say, "You know, sir, he's initialed next to this clause and understands that partial payment is not, you know, a payment plan." And you know, we've we've gone to great lengths. So that's one tip. Here's an interesting one: in Minnesota, you're not allowed to require the tenant to mow the lawn or do the snow removal unless you compensate them. And that was a game changer in the industry. You know, everybody kind of expects in Minnesota, when you rent a single family home, you got to mow the damn lawn. Well, the state of Minnesota didn't look at it that way. They said, no, you got to compensate them. So we actually invented a clause where the rent is $100 more if you don't mow the lawn. And if you do mow the lawn, you get to reduce your rent by $100. And by the way, we require you to mow the lawn. I like that. So it's a way to beat the law. It's a way to work within the game. Now, if you got some Joe Schmo, you wouldn't have learned how to do this. And our lawyers are very good. They work with the state to to develop these rules and work within them. Um, they're all for good measure, but you know sometimes they end up to be complicated. That's one. That's another rule. Uh, another three termination. You know, for whether a termination clause for the tenant is there such a one? Can a tenant terminate the lease? And if so, is there a penalty? Uh, you should check to see if that penalty is uh, within the guidelines of the law. Here's an example. Recently, uh, I'm going to own my own bad news. I was fined $100,000 by the state of Minnesota. That's a lot of money. You know why? I was charging a larger than allowed NSF fee. I didn't know it. You know, our lawyers didn't tell us this. We didn't pick the number, you know, but there was a law in the credit industry, not related to the real estate industry, that applied to us somehow that said we were charging a a higher than allowable NSF fee. We were charging $65 if you bounced a check. The law says 30. Okay. Well, we had to pay restitution. Uh, we even had lawyers, but imagine if you're an amateur landlord, all these little pitfalls and minefields out there about the rules that can easily come back to haunt you. And I'll tell you what, the tenants know the rules, oftentimes the land better than the landlords. So attention to detail in your contract is everything. Uh, it's not usually a long agreement. I think both parties, tenant, landlord, and homeowner should read that lease and understand it fully. You only need to do it once because, and then you'll understand it for 10 years to come. Uh, so it's one of the one things we love to do at Renters Royals is sit down with people and go line by line with, through a lease uh, to make sure everybody's fully aware of what the arrangement is. And that's the power of having a, a pro lease out there rather than just one of these standard forms that meets the, the bare minimum. Yeah, there's a lot to consider. It would be great if you provided a, a lease review service. I mean, there's probably a market for that. Yeah, I'm retired now. I might have to look, at, look into that. <laughs> there you go. A free idea. So let's uh, let's talk about fees and fee structures. And here's why. You know, we get asked a lot of questions about who are the property managers in this particular market or on these particular properties. You know, what do they charge? You know, we can answer those questions at a high level, but at the end of the day, we need to put our clients in in touch with the property managers so they can have a conversation, get a warm and fuzzy feeling about them, you know, and just really ask them all the questions that are important. So a general question, like what are your comments about fees and fee structures? The way I look at it, there's three categories. There's the monthly, uh, the monthly fee on the gross collected rent. There's the lease up fee. And then there's the repair and maintenance fee. Should it apply? 
Yeah, okay. You know, Renters Warehouse has just two fees, right? We have a leasing fee and a management fee. We unbundled the couple or uncoupled the services. So you can hire us just to lease or to manage. And I think that's what the people wanted because obviously we're number one in a very short amount of time. So that was, you know, something you might want to look into. Can you hire them just for leasing or management? Because that'll help you delineate their fees nicely. Renters Warehouse, for example, I believe we have, I, I hate to shamelessly promote it, I'm biased, but I think I've created the best damn property management company on the planet. And, you know, your listeners can decide that for me. But I think this is what they want. They want a flat fee instead of a percentage base. You know, I don't think the job's harder on a higher end home. In fact, I know for a fact it's not. I do a lot of high end homes and that's, they're the best tenants. Uh, half the time they fix things on their own dime because they don't even be bothered. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there, we have, uh, uh, you know, you might want to look into, we don't, we don't charge a maintenance fee. So what we try to do is we go to a vendor and say, we'll give you all the carpet cleaning, but you got to be the best damn carpet cleaner. But here's the deal. We've got to give 20% off to our customer. And oh, by the way, you got to give us 10%. So that means you need to come down 30% and we're going to pass along 20 to our customer. So we don't charge you. We try to leverage our size to get a value uh, or get a discount for you. So maintenance, you know, some companies will actually charge, they won't get you a discount and they'll charge you on top of the bill for a coordination fee. Mm-hmm. There's a difference in our business model. Okay. That's why people like us. Um, some people charge accounting fees. Um, we have just a $10 year end fee only in Minnesota. Every other state's uh, no accounting fees. It's included in your management deal. Minnesota makes us do this tax form. So we charge you 10 bucks because it's a lot of work. Leasing fees. Leasing fees sometimes are a percentage of the first month's rent. Sometimes they're more than the first month's rent or equal. You know, I think it's very fair depending on what you get to pay anywhere in there. Renters Warehouse is a full service leasing company. We send out an individual leasing agent who's just like a real estate agent, but only does leasing and only lists your property. And they use our rent feeder tools and other things to shamelessly promote your property and rent it as fast as possible because they're 100% commission. Now, those guys will show it, do background checks, uh, prepare the lease. Uh, give you their professional opinion whether it's a good tenant, and they'll show it hundreds of times or one time. And and if and when they find somebody that's approved by the the client, then we'll charge anywhere from one to two months rent. But listen to what you get as well. So in addition to those upfront services with no fee, we're going to warranty our tenants for a full year. So what we mean is we believe we selected a full a, a quality tenant, and you you ultimately approve that. But in the event that they go bad, which we can't guarantee they won't, renters were also you another tenant completely free. Because we we paid we paid us a healthy commission, and we want to make sure you got what you paid for. So you want I guess what I'm saying is is we charge a rate that a lot of companies charge. However, I believe we give more value in the form of our tenant warranty. There's also add-on services out there. There's like guaranteed rent protection. There's property protection plans out there to protect you against tenant property damage. There is eviction protection plans out there. There are maintenance plans from like uh, power companies and, and maintenance companies to you know check your HVAC. So there's all kinds of other ancillary add-on services out there. When it comes to looking at fees just from a 10,000 square foot level, you should always take a look at your cash flow too, right? You got to, you got to compare whether or not you can afford it. And that is usually the biggest reason people don't hire a property manager. We still believe only 20% of landlords hire a professional to do it. Well, the 80% do it on their own. And when we have done dug into this, we found it's because their cash flow isn't significant enough to pay for our services. And they're trying to not go in the hole as a lot of people are stretching it too far to begin with. And it all comes back to the fact that these, they either got in a bad situation or they didn't really buy properly and that could mm-hmm. have been fixed. What I find to be average in markets across the country are 
management fees that are around eight to 10%, 10, 10 kind of being the average or the street rate, but I see property management companies charging between eight and 10%. Lease up fees range from a half month's rent to a full month's rent. And that's obviously charged on that first month of collected rent. And then if there is a markup on repairs, that usually is about 10%. So if it's a $1,000 repair bill, um, the management company will bill $1,100. That's typically what I see across the country. Is that pretty consistent with what you see or are you seeing something different? There, Yes, generally, yes. Um, however, for example, just a uh, devil's advocate, in Minnesota, you're not allowed to mark up a maintenance request unless it's fully disclosed specifically. Um, to the client in advance. So it really changes, you know, uh, how that works. And so our, you know, for example, how I use technology, our software allows us to either be transparent with our, uh, our fees or discreet with our fees, depending on the market. And that makes it a lot easier for us to manage complex individual politics at, you know, each city and state level. Mm-hmm. Again, technology coming back to show you why I can be a global property manager, not a local property manager. Yeah. Now, you mentioned self-managing, and I was going to ask you this. Give me your opinion on self-managing. Do you think it makes sense for investors to self-manage? And before you answer that question, I just want you to know that I'm of the belief that real estate investors should not manage their own properties, even if they have some experience. They're better off focusing on you know their career, their family, going on a vacation, doing the things that fit their, their work and lifestyle as opposed totally. to spending time trying to manage property. Cause again, like I said before, it's a thankless job. Is that really what you got involved in real estate investing? I mean, I want my investments to be passive real estate investments. I don't want to be a, a full-time manager. Even if I was a full-time real estate investor, which I am, but I mean, I run a, a couple of businesses. I don't think I would want to do property management. A lot of people don't look at it the same way as other investing because there's, you know, there's a flip that house show that thinks that they know how to do this now. But, you know, if you had a million dollars in cash, in some cases, many people have a million dollars in real estate or debt, um, they um, wouldn't manage their own stock portfolio. They might have somebody else help them. But when it comes to real estate, all of a sudden everybody's like, ah, I can handle it. Well, maybe you can, maybe you can't. Uh, it's a matter of how much your time's worth. You know, that's why we had to price ourselves effective at 80 bucks a month because some people do look at it as like, you know what? I could do this on my own and then it really increases my cash flow. But to prove the point, look at the world's largest landlord, Blackstone Capital, right? $38 million, they, no, 3.8 billion in properties they bought. And they hire professional property managers or have professionals to do it. They don't necessarily manage it themselves. And they're, they're, they're proof in the pudding, right? They're the biggest in the world. They appreciate the quality property management and the value that it brings. Buying a property is the easiest part. Managing it for the next 10 years and optimizing that investment, I think that's that's where the good gets separated from the bad real quick. I, you know, I, I, I think, think it's well worth the fee. Property management there. Yeah, right. And yeah. vet it out because it's everything, right? You, this is the guy you're hiring to manage probably your biggest investment, or this is the company. And, you know, even going back to the earlier podcast discussion of using core metrics, if I'm a guy hiring a property management company, I might have three metrics that I just focus on to make sure my property management company is doing what I need them to do. You know, what's the rent? You know, how, what's my vacancy rate? How many months are missing, right? You can have, as your own investor, using a turnkey service like Brenner's Warehouse can still have metrics to keep an eye on your business to make sure it's going good or bad. 
Yeah. I, I call tenants that take advantage of landlords professional tenants. You know, they just know how to work the game and they really try to milk it for everything they can. Now, that's not everybody, but... What's that movie, Pacific Heights? with that? I forget his name now. But there's, a, there's a movie about professional tenants that uh, are nightmares. Oh, okay. I got to see Everybody the needs to watch it. I think it's Pacific Heights. You need to check this out if you haven't seen it, Marco. Okay, I'm going to. Yeah, but that's one of my rules. One of my 10 rules for successful real estate investing is, is hire professional property management. Don't do it yourself because you can't qualify and screen and interface and sell the property as good as someone who does this day in and day out. So... Anyway, I know you're up against the clock. I want to squeeze in one more question here because I'm itching to to actually get your opinion on this because it is a bit of a polarized question and there is so much debate about this. We, as in our investment counselors and myself, get asked this question a lot and there's such wide spectrum on, on the opinions I get on it. And the question is, Section 8 tenants, are they good? Are they worth it? Are they bad? What are the pros and cons? The opinions and comments are just all over the board and it's very polarized. I find that people either love Section 8 tenants or they just really hate Section 8 tenants and there's very little in between. So tell me what your thoughts are and, and your experience with them. I'm in the in-between and uh, I am the largest Section 8 landlord in Minnesota. I have had bittersweet relationship with that division of a public subsidy for a long time. In fact, there was a time when we banned participating in it as a company. And later we were actually then forced to by law to cater to that in Minnesota. So we, we had to learn to cope and deal and work together with them to fix it. There, it's a pros and cons checklist, right? And it depends on what everybody's risk tolerance is. But uh, I'll, I'll throw out some generalities and guys, they're generalities. So, you know, the rent's generally guaranteed. That's a good thing, right? Plus one. However, the, the tenant usually doesn't have to put up their own deposit, so therefore they don't have as much interest in getting it back. Well, that's, that's minus one, so now we're at zero. There is accountability. If a tenant's a really bad tenant, you can report them to Section 8 and they can lose that Section 8 privilege. Well, hey, that, that'll hold people accountable, you think, right? Plus one. You're helping people, right? There's a, there's a feel good. That's a plus one. The, you know, so we could go through that test. It's not innately bad. You still need to do your due diligence in screening the tenant. And if you have a tenant selection criteria in some markets like you need in order to screen a tenant in advance, make sure you put some thought into what it is that you're looking for and disclosing that in advance because that's how it works. You know, utilize an excellent background check, verify income, you know, in addition to the subsidy, right? Check everything out about these people before you make a decision. Take your time. And you know what? One of the biggest tips I would say is make sure you get your money up front. I know a lot of people want to move into Section 8 properties right away and the check will come later. Well, don't do it. It doesn't always come and the paperwork isn't always approved. And don't take the word for it. There's always, you know, paperwork that says, you know, so-and-so is approved for Section 8. And by the way, there's a negative point here. You got to work with a caseworker and kind of fill out a bunch of paperwork, maybe go through different inspections and have to live up to different standards in order to get that government money. So pros and cons, you got to weigh them. I'm right in the middle. If I have properties in areas that are tough to rent, I'm more likely to use Section 8. If I have properties in areas that aren't tough to rent, I'm more likely to not. However, in some markets, I'm not even allowed to have that discussion because I'm required to not discriminate against public assistance. So in some markets, and I'll tell you this more more than many, have rules that say you cannot discriminate against somebody who is in Section 8 program. Minnesota is one of them. 
Yeah. And, and one of the other complaints I hear about Section 8 is just the length of time that it takes to actually get a tenant moved into the property because of the paperwork and the casework right. and the inspection and all that stuff. So right. how long that takes? I don't know. Is it worth it? Well, maybe if you you know can lock someone in for many years with quote unquote guaranteed rent, you know, guaranteed by your taxes through the federal government, of course. But it's, that's a, a discussion for another day. Well, Branton, uh, anything else you'd like to share with our listeners before we wrap up? Well, one, I'd love to come back and chat with you anytime, Marco. And I want to thank them for, you know, tuning into the podcast. Um, if any of you all would like to reach out to, to me, they can find me on uh, LinkedIn. That's where I'm most active and kind of public Twitter as well. I write for entrepreneur uh, magazine and dot com monthly. If you'd like to kind of follow my insight, uh, there's a nice little thread for people to keep in touch with me. And Marco, we're going to talk later. And, and, you know, we've known each other for a, a while now. I hope to be on your show again. And, more than anything, thank you for the opportunity to come on your podcast. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Pleasure having you. Thank you for your time. I know you have to run. We'll have you back. And that's it. Well, thanks again, Brenton. Pleasure's all mine. Have a great rest of your day. And you too. Thank you. Well, as you can see, Brenton's a pretty sharp individual. He really knows property management and he's a great entrepreneur. I hope this episode has helped you see property management from a different angle so you understand the importance of property management, some of the things to think about and consider what might make a good property management company versus a not-so-good property management company. There's a lot of things to consider, but if you do your due diligence and you screen properly, ask the right questions, review the contracts, make sure that you are certainly protected as a client then you will find that property management will help you succeed as a real estate investor. Anyway, I want to thank you for listening. Remember to download our free report, The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing. If you have any questions about real estate or our turnkey property specifically, feel free to submit that question on one of our websites, either PassiveRealEstateInvesting.com or our main property website, NoradaRealEstate.com. And one of our investment counselors will get back to you and help you out. If you have a question for me specifically, just go to the Ask Marco link on the Passive Real Estate Investing website. I will be sure to cover your questions in a future episode. And again, we have our free mug, our Keep Calm and Invest On coffee mug, and I'd be happy to send you one for free. Just leave us a rating and review on iTunes and then shoot an email over to reviews at noradarealestate.com and I will get that in the mail within 24 hours. So that really helps us spread the word and we really appreciate you listening and providing us that feedback. Again, thanks for listening and we look forward to seeing you on our next episode. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights and media interviews, please contact the host.